How are you sleeping at the moment? How are you sleeping at the moment? Uh, I read an article recently that suggested probably over half of us at any time are not particularly sleeping well. There's all sorts of things, aren't there, that can affect our sleep. Family situations, stress at work, stress in our study, in our school life, stress in our finances. We've got the got a sort of heating crisis. We're seeing it on the news. We're maybe concerned about what that's going to mean for us, losing sleep over that. It's so easy, isn't it, to have restless sleep and vivid dreams and to be kept awake with thoughts kind of spinning through your mind and just thinking, oh, I don't need this, Lord. Why am I sleeping badly? Well, today we come to this psalm that is rich in reasons uh, for why it's, we can find rest and comfort in our God. I'm sure these words are familiar to many of us. It's one of the sort of best-known psalms in Scripture. I thought it was a good one to kind of finish our series with uh, as we uh, finish our, our summer series. And we're going to just really concentrate on the imagery in the psalm, think about what that means and why it is such good news for us today. So let's start by thinking about this, the provision and protection of the shepherd. The provision and protection of the shepherd. These, uh, some of these verses, they're just some of the most beautiful and comforting in all of Scripture. Uh, but I think they're so powerful because David was a shepherd. Uh, and he's writing from that perspective and he knew what sheep were like. He knew how to care for them. And actually, if you look, he writes these first verses uh, through the eyes of a sheep. So we kind of need to do that. You need to put yourself uh, in a kind of sheepy mindset uh, today. What it was like uh, to be a sheep with a wonderful shepherd like this one. So kind of put your, put your sheep mask on and think about what it means uh, for you. Let's look through the verses one by one. Verse one says this. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. I lack nothing. That's amazing verse, isn't it? These sheep have everything they need. They don't know what it's like to, to be in want. They have everything. Verse 2, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. There's some sheep there enjoying water, plentiful, rich grass. That's, that's what it's like to have a shepherd like this. They are led to rest in the meadows. It's comfortable. The sheep know that the shepherd genuinely cares for them. They can sleep well because they know that they're safe. Verse 3. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Now that phrase, refreshes my soul, it, it can mean maybe bringing a straying sheep back, restoring them to the flock, or reviving a sick sheep, looking after them, caring for them, refreshing them. It's a picture of renewal, it's a picture of refreshment and that deep spiritual sense. It's the shepherd here provides all the sheep need for, the, for strength and life. And they're guided, do you see? They're guided along the right paths. Sheep, if you ever, you know, I don't know if you've ever been to a sheepdog trial or anything like that, they, they have a tendency to wander off. They have a tendency to stray, don't they? That they, they, they need to be guided, especially if there was danger for wild animals or boggy ground or cliffs. Uh, they need a shepherd to guide them. To know the good paths, to know the right ways, the safe ways to lead them. The sheep can trust him. Even though, verse 4, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. 
Sometimes those right paths might seem very scary, very dark, the deep valleys filled with threat. And it's in those moments, that the, the deepest, darkest moments, that it says actually the sheep, they've got nothing to fear. Nothing to fear at all. Do you see why? And actually, if you notice, there's a difference in, in how it's said here. The first few verses, it starts by saying, he does this, he does that. In verse 4, it says, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Do you see? It's almost like he's extra specially close at that moment. When the need is most, when they're most fearful, he's the closest to them. He's got a rod and he's got a staff. The rod would have been used to attack uh, vicious animals, to, to defend the flock. That would have been a, a comfort to see the shepherd with that. And the staff with the hook there to kind of comfort and guide them. Maybe the sheep needs kind of pulling back into to, to place or giving a, a bit of a shove in the right direction. There's comfort to seeing these things, to know that they're being guided. They can trust, they can rely on the shepherds. Do you see these verses? They build up this wonderful picture of provision and protection, of a loving shepherd caring about his sheep, keeping them safe, guiding them to fresh pastures that bring life. And David is saying, this is what my relationship with God is like. That's amazing, isn't it? This is what it's like. It's really gracious. I think we see God's grace very clearly here. There's no element of kind of what David's performance, David's ability. Sheep are not known for those things. Sheep are known for needing care and attention. And that's exactly what the shepherd does. He belongs to this good shepherd. He benefits from the gracious blessing that this shepherd shows him. And the ama- that's the amazing truth, isn't it? If we are believers, if we're Christians, following Jesus, we have that same assurance. I already read one verse from John 10. Here's another couple for you. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus is our good shepherd. The Lord is our good shepherd. We can say the same things as David does. Thanks to God's grace. Thanks to his mercy towards us. And that's why Jesus uses that same picture to explain why he came, what he came to do, how he cares for us. So let's think about what this psalm means for us, if that is the case. Four uh, quick things to, to suggest here. Firstly, we need nothing else. Like it says in verse one, we need nothing else. We lack nothing. When was the last time you said to someone or you said to yourself, I really need this. Maybe you're thinking, you're looking at the latest stuff for school, latest clothes, think, I really need a new pair of shoes, whatever it might be, thinking I need this, need that. Or it's a a new gadget, something like that. I need the latest specs, they're going to improve my life. Maybe it's something more like, maybe you said at the start of the summer, I really need a holiday. That's what I really need right now. I need a break. We can sort of say that, can't we? We can fool ourselves into thinking that there are all sorts of things we think we need. But actually, verse 1 reminds us, truly, if Jesus is our shepherd, we don't need anything else. We may have good gifts that he gives us, and we can rejoice in those, but we don't need anything else. We shall not be in want. We lack nothing. We need to be challenged sometimes on that, don't we, with our attitude to what God provides us with. Are we grateful? Are we satisfied with that? But actually, the psalm is not a rebuke. It's a, it's a call to maybe pause and just remember, to see the truth that actually, 
if we have Jesus, we have all that we need. He gave his life to give us eternal life. For us to, to receive the forgiveness of our sins. For that joy to be part of his family. That is what we need. We need to rest in that wonderful truth, don't we? The wonderful truth that he has done everything we need. If we trust in Christ, we are safe, we are loved, we are cherished. Nothing can snatch us away from him. We have all that we need. Secondly, he gives us rest and life. Peaceful baby sleeping there in the picture. We have these green pastures in the verses in 1 and 2. Verses 2 and 3, sorry. It's a symbol of rest, of, of being able to, to, to feel safe and secure. You know, I started by ask, asking you whether you ever struggle with, uh, with your sleep. Maybe some of us are feeling tired even after our holidays. Uh, when we feel like that, when our weariness and our tiredness, and we remember how weak we are, it reminds us, doesn't it, that actually we need something greater, and actually God's the one who can give us rest. Sometimes that is physical, it's good. When God gives us periods of physical rest and, and we can go on holiday and, and, and relax and unwind a bit and rest our minds. We are weak, we need times like that. But actually there's deep, something deeper here, isn't there? Because Christ gives us rest from, from our efforts to kind of earn his approval. If we don't understand God's grace, we're constantly trying to sort of impress him, trying to earn our place before him. And not getting anywhere because we keep sinning, we keep messing up, keep not getting it right. We need to remember, actually, he gives us the ability to rest because he's done it all for us. He has paid the price completely. He loves us completely. We are forgiven, we're safe. So when we respond in obedience, we respond knowing that it's already done. We can rest at the same time. It says in verse 3, doesn't it, he refreshes my soul. He restores us. He, he, he keeps us going. We, have, we are ruined by sin, by death, by, by evil. And yet he makes us new. He refreshes us. He restores us. If you're struggling at the moment, if life is just hard, if you're feeling drained and exhausted and broken because of whatever situation, it's good to remember, isn't it, that a day is coming when you will be renewed, when your body will be raised imperishable, when you will live with him forever, if you're trusting him, he refreshes us. He gives us life and rest. He guides us in the right ways. Verse 3, 2, those paths of righteousness. He guides us, he helps us understand what it means to live for him. And live, live in ways that genuinely please him. As we read his word, as we encourage each other, as we follow the Holy Spirit, he guides us in the right ways to say no to sin to battle our temptations, to trust his grace more, truly more deeply. We need to look to him, don't we, to trust that guidance, not to settle for other paths that maybe look attractive, but only lead to death. Now, there are some paths that, that may tempt us, things like maybe sexual immorality, alcohol, getting drunk, things, they, they promise a lot, and ultimately they deliver real deep emptiness. And God can guide us in the right ways to forget that. But actually, there are some other paths, aren't there, that maybe look much more appealing or look much more convincing. Things like success and achievement and, and fame. And we think, well, is that what I need? I need to make sure I'm doing well in life, I'm comfortable, I'm productive, efficient, earning enough. These are good gifts. 
They're, they're, they're good things to pursue, but if they're the only thing, if that's the only path we're going down, I'm, I'm completely focused on that. We stop thinking about the Good Shepherd. We stop listening to him and looking at the guidance. We can end up worshipping those kind of things instead. And that can be really dangerous. So we need his guidance to lead us in the right ways. And do you see why he does it? In the end of verse 3, he does it for his name's sake. That's why God keeps his promises, because of who he is. He is a faithful, covenant-keeping Lord. We can't change in our own strength, but actually in God's strength, through the Spirit. He enables us to walk in the right ways. Not for our pride, not for our glory, but for his glory. So that he is the one who gets the praise and the worship. And there's one more. He is with us in the darkest valley. That's what David, David knew that. You read uh, the accounts of his life. He, he knew what it meant to walk through the, the deepest, darkest of valleys, the valley of the shadow of death. It's a picture of experiencing a situation that could get no worse, could feel no darker. It's sort of that close to death. And maybe that is something you're experiencing yourself at the moment. Life not going as planned. Facing real difficulty, brokenness, danger. You feel close to death. You feel like you're struggling to go on. You'd rather just give up perhaps and hide under the covers. If that's you at the moment, then look at these verses. Pray that God would reveal the reality to you. And it's this, that you do not need to fear. You do not need to fear in those moments because he is with you. He is by your side. He will support you and guide you and protect you until you make it through. It's good to hold on to that, isn't it? When all seems lost, when hope has disappeared, even in the darkest valley, Jesus is with you, walking beside you, watching over you. Hopefully that's a great comfort to you. The sheep had the comfort of the rod and the staff. Maybe that's a bit of a weird thing to find comfort in for us. I wonder if maybe the cross is the thing that gives us great comfort, isn't it? Because if we think about that, we remember, don't we, that, that Jesus is not guiding us anywhere he hasn't been already. He has already walked through the valley of the shadow of death. Think about how he prayed in anguish in the garden. Think about how he was arrested despite his innocence. Think about how he was brutally beaten and executed on the cross. He walked through that dark valley to protect us, to save us from our sin, to give us hope, to give us a future. So he knows what you're experiencing. He knows how hard it is and he's with you in the midst of that you can cry out to him you can cling to him even when it feels like maybe he's he's nowhere close he is there he will not let you go look to the cross remember you've got nothing to fear i wonder if sometimes we do wonder don't we why jesus allows us to go through hard things why does he allow it to happen to us well remember verse three he guides us along the right paths the right path is not necessarily always the one that looks like it's the easiest one or the most straightforward or the most attractive. Sometimes it's through the dark valley. But we are guided through that. He, he, he brings us through because he knows what's on the other side. He rose from the dead. He, he, he reigns on high. We have those perfect green pastures, the, the perfect still waters of eternal life to look forward to. That's wonderful, isn't it? That, that future rest whether we experience it at all on earth or whether it's only ever in eternity that we experience that. It's worth walking through the dark valley. It's a wonderful picture, isn't it, of the shepherd providing, protecting, 
his people. Something good news for us today, I hope. If you're not a believer here today, if you've come and you're, you're not quite sure what, even what I'm talking about, maybe you're just getting a glimpse of something that maybe you've realised you're missing. What a privilege it would be to say about the God of the universe, the creator of everything, that he is your shepherd, that he cares for you, that he has mercy on you. If, you've, if you're longing for that, you can come to him today, put your trust in him. I'd love to share more with you if you've got questions. Well, there's a couple more verses here that are really good for us too, good news for us too. My second kind of main point is this, the triumphant feast for those in God's house. The triumphant feast for those in God's house. If you look at these verses, verses five and six, almost the picture changes from the, the, the sheep to a feast. Let's look through them quickly. Verse five, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. You see, this is a meal of victory. His enemies are looking on as the table is set in front of them. They're the ones defeated. They're not part of this feast. They have to look on in envy as the victors enjoy it. They are anointed with oil. That's a kind of sign that you're an honoured guest. Uh, Maybe, you know, the equivalent of getting the best seat at, at the table. Uh, today or or getting a nice gift as you come into the room it's a sign of honor and then it says your the cup overflows i don't know if you ever tried to drink from a cup that is overflowing it's quite tricky isn't it you kind of have to put it down and really gently sort of sip from it like that because it's going to spill everywhere but it's a picture of, of 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 you know plenty this is god giving his best that there's never any need It's overflowing goodness. It's overflowing kindness. God is giving his best to his guests. Maybe that just gives us some sense of what to expect when you come to the end of the dark valley. This wonderful triumphant feast. That's worth persevering for, do you see? It's more than that though. Look at verse six. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, when you go out for a meal or if you go for a feast, you, you always go home at the end, don't you? There's always an end to the meal. But you see, the amazing thing here is he's already at home. He will dwell in God's house forever. It's this kind of picture of permanence and security. It's a place of abundance and blessing, of goodness and love. Do you see that, verse 6? Your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. Uh, the word for love there, maybe you've come across the, or heard the, the Hebrew term hesed. It's kind of covenant love, really the, the special committed love that God has for his people. He never lets them go. It's rich love, it's rich mercy from God. And when it says following, you know, you can sort of follow someone, a sort of dander along, can't you, at, at, at just a casual pace. That's not what following means here. It's like this kind of pursuing them. It's coming for them. And it's not a bad thing, it's a good thing because it's blessing and goodness. And they can't get away from it. It pursues them all the days of their lives. God is proactive in blessing them. Such wonderful pictures, isn't it? Uh, You can see how the psalm works together. It connects with the verses before. And you see here, there's lots to encourage us with two for for ourselves. Three brief things as as I finish. We see that we have victory over death and over sin victory over death and sin the the feast imagery here it points us to remember the reality of what jesus achieved through his death 
that actually God's wrath on sin was satisfied. That sin doesn't have that grip on us anymore if we're trusting in Jesus. He was victorious over death. And we have this victory feast to look forward to because Jesus rose again. There's a verse in Acts, look at this. God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. It's a wonderful phrase, isn't it? It's like, think about how we're so scared of death often because it seems so scary. It does. But it was impossible for death to keep its hold on, on Jesus. And that's who we follow. That's who we hold on to. That means that, that even if we lose people and death is so painful and so sad for us, we know there's this hope of eternal life, that death is not the end because Jesus had the victory. And that's not just something we look forward to, but it's also for now. He gives us the, the power, the tools that we need to put sin to death in our lives. He gives us his Holy Spirit to encourage us, to help us remember the truth, to, to live for him. Whatever we face in this life, we know that actually the sting of death is removed because we have the victory in Christ. That is such good news to hold on to, isn't it? We also see that goodness and love pursue us. Such a wonderful picture, isn't it? That, that kind of pursuing proactively. And that's exactly what we have, thanks to Jesus. Paul says in, in Ephesians 1 verse 3, that is the reality for those in, in Jesus. Look at this. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Doesn't that match well with the picture of the shepherd in the first part of the psalm? There's no need. There's nothing. We're not in want of anything. We have every spiritual blessing in Christ. We have the love of our creator. We have the mercy and acceptance that comes through the cross. We are adopted into his family. Goodness and love pursue us. Now I know it may not always feel like that because it isn't about God always giving us what we think we deserve or think what our things our hearts can desire the wrong things and it's right for God not to give them to us. It's teaching us to see that we have every spiritual blessing in Christ, everything we need. What that should really strengthen us, shouldn't it? To, to keep trusting Him in the dark moments and the tough moments because he's there with us and he's already given us every spiritual blessing in Christ everything we could possibly need every moment of love and mercy and, and, and forgiveness it's really good and lastly what a great picture of living with God forever this uh, psalm points us to the glory of eternity and actually in the book of Revelation the, right at the end of the Bible, these two images of feasting and shepherding are brought together to remind us again of what a glorious future we have. Here's a couple of verses from Revelation 7, verse 15. Talking about God's people. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. Beautiful, isn't it? He will shelter them. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down on them, nor any scorching heat. They will have everything they need. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water. God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Do you see? 
They will never hunger. They will never thirst. There's this great feast in heaven. It never runs out. And the Lamb, the Lord Jesus, is also our shepherd. He's the one, he's the one who lives, leads us to living water, who wipes the pain and the tears away from our eyes because we live with Jesus forever. Wow, what glorious news for us. So I just hope that's encouraging really to, to hold on to these truths in the dark valleys because he is there with you. He will bring you through them. He has a place set at his table ready for you. Not because you deserve it. No, we do not deserve it, friends. But because he loves us. Because he died to save us. What grace that is. He has shown to us. We are forgiven. We're part of his family forever. Just good to remember that glorious love, that glorious reality for us. Because of his great glory and his great mercy on us. So I just, I really hope this psalm, as we finish this series, it gives you great hope. Hope to, to keep carrying on, to keep pressing on, whether, whether actually it does feel like you're resting in a meadow at the minute and you're having a great time. Hallelujah. Worship God in those moments. Or whether you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death and you feel like you just want to give up. Remember Jesus is with you. That he will not forsake you in those moments. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that we can say that you are our shepherd. What an amazing picture of protection and provision. Amazing pictures of a victory feast and your goodness and your love pursuing us. Lord, it humbles us because we realise we are not worthy and we don't deserve it. We thank you for your grace poured out on us. We thank you for what we remembered earlier, the, the, the body and blood of your son slain for us to give us such hope to give us the, the good news of eternal life lord whatever situations we face this week would you give us fresh eyes of your care and your protection and your provision as we face them help us find joy in even the hardest moments because you are with us in jesus name amen, amen.